0: I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one. Join us in the shop. Hello, and welcome everyone for a special festive episode of the Spool Film Podcast, where we're going to be going through the best films of 2023. Pork, this is the 11th year that we've done this. Brilliant. It was our one of our inaugural
1: podcasts. I it was our around. very first one, ah. so
0: Christmas 2012. So we're here now, 11 years later. Um, we've mixed up the format a little bit in the last couple of years, but we've done the same thing for the last while. So format simple. We can com- both have compiled individual lists of the top 10 films that we've seen this year. So whether it's best, whether it's you know most impressive, biggest, whatever impact on us, favorite, uh, you know underdog that did well, doesn't matter. It's a list of 10 that we've each come up with and we'll reveal them one by one in reverse order and if we know where they're playing so anyone listening and yeah. um, will be able to stream them or go to the cinema we will mention that too so i have a couple of caveats you have a couple of caveats you want to throw in your caveats
1: yeah so my caveats are there are a few films that came out in january the very start of the year but were really released last year and kind of that cross the Atlantic thing we didn't get to see them to the start of this year But they feel very much like last year's films. They were part of all the awards talk. So there's three films in January uh, that are not going to be in my top 10 list. But if they had to come out in May or something like that, probably definitely. This is it.
0: And yeah, recency bias is a tremendous thing, as everyone knows with these things. So uh, the other ones to note, we are recording this slap bang in the middle of December 2023. At this point, a couple of films haven't been out, so you will not hear us mention Poor Things, which is Yorgos Lanthimos' film, Priscilla, Sofia um, Coppola's film All of Us Strangers, the one Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott coming out at the end of the month, The The Boy and the Heron, um, Miyazaki's final animated film, Jonathan Glazer's The Zone of Interest, probably would be up near the top of your list by the look of it, um, Hitman, Richard Linklater, and The Holdovers by Alexander Payne. So none of them are in there, we'll talk about them in a couple of months hopefully, but anyway um they'll probably very much
1: be part of the awards talk so we'll get to talk about them for our podcast uh oscars specials so. yeah
0: exactly so do you want to kick off with a 10 or will i go uh
1: yeah i'll go for my number 10 so i suppose a bit of recency bias but um uh, may december <laughs> is my number 10 <laughs> uh it's directed by todd haynes uh stars natalie portman charles melton and julianne moore Uh, Managed to catch it in the cinema. Um, It may still be there, but it's also now on Now TV. Not on Netflix, weirdly. Netflix Netflix. in America, Now TV
0: Sky in this part of the world.
1: Really enjoyable. Um, Bonkers film. Uh, Great performances. It feels like a two-watch film. I haven't seen it a second time. I'm going to watch it for a second time over uh, the, the holidays.
0: And... Because the first time you're watching it, you're just like, is this uh, well, a the joke? Tone. This you have to get the tone. The music is yeah. like from a 1970s film, like, that, like a soap opera-esque. Yeah. It's definitely camp, played for laughs.
1: Yeah. But then there's also some bits that are, that are like,
0: this is really sad
1: and really depressing. Yeah. I think Charles Mellet will well, definitely To summarise, to anyone who yeah. doesn't
0: know at this point, Like to summarise, you have a 36-year-old who has sex with it. 13-year-old. Yes. Portman. And that is statutory rape.
1: Right, yeah. yeah. Natalie Portman uh, then is the actress. They're going to turn this into a, a movie story and then the actress, she comes to be like, "Okay, hey, we're going to turn this into a film. I want to really get to know the character. And with Natalie Portman coming back, it kind of reopens those old wounds and Charles Melton then fully starts to be like, oh, what actually happened here?
0: Uh, really good, very enjoyable. What's your number yeah. 10? Yeah, and very much a second watch film. I think that's a nice way of... Um, noting it. So my number 10, uh, I saw this yesterday. So um, this is called Return to Seoul. So um, Park Ji Min is a young French woman who goes back to Korea um, to sort of discover her adopted parents. And it sort of unfurls this kind of, a difficult one to explain without giving too much away, but it Kind of tells the story of her discovering her par- par- parents and her origin story, if you like, over the seven or eight year period. And mainly I've put it there because it's a nice compliment to another Korean film, Past Lives, that would probably be up near the top of mm. some lists. So I felt it a nice kind of a bookend there. She's absolutely brilliant um, in it and reminded me of some people I know in real life. And I'll talk about them later
1: yeah I saw it pop up on your Letterboxed, and I was just like oh I wonder what this feature this should almost be sponsored by Letterboxd how would we compile this list if we didn't have Uh, it
0: well it would have been notepad files but anyway this one's on Mubi and it's called Return to Soul
1: Uh, number nine for me is another recency one Uh, Maestro um, by Bradley Cooper Um, again managed to catch it in the cinema people will be able to watch it on Netflix over the holidays I think I don't think it's on there yet or maybe it is but anyway another Netflix film so it follows the uh, life of Leonard Bernstein the start of it is very um, uh, deferential to the work Bernstein would have done in the musical field um, with uh, West Side Story and then what really cemented it for me though is the relationship between Bradley Cooper and Kerry Mulligan it's a fantastic relationship that spans their entire life and it's really moving and it was kind of funny when we came back from the cinema a star is born was on rte and we just watched 20 minutes of it and got sucked in again i think he does relationships bradley cooper excellently um and again has an incredibly sad scenes in it as well so uh really enjoyable
0: and yeah very good very good i'm seeing it tomorrow so by the time people hear this i will have seen it and we'll see very much looking forward to it um yeah and OK, but knowing that the discourse around that at the start was about, you know, the prosthetics and the portrayal of someone and the kind of cultural and religious mm. like kind of that just yeah, the kind fam- of annoys me yeah, because ultimately, the family were totally behind it. Yeah, but it's prosthetics not about making someone look most like the person yeah. there. So I don't know. It it did um, chucks it in around what to do with biopics. Anyway, my number nine uh, is Puffin Rock and the New Friends. So uh came out in the summer got like four and five star reviews all over the place, but then kind of disappeared a little bit. So a perfect family film. Uh, Selfishly, is the first film that the four of the people in my family went to together, got to go to it in the lighthouse on a Sunday afternoon front row. And the whole place was kind of captivated by the whole thing. Lovely story. Chris O'Dowd is the, uh, narrator of it and just brilliant, you know, cartoon saloon. We know make stunningly beautiful films. um, just kind of unfortunate that it hasn't come out on on vod anywhere so i'd say when it lands into netflix it'll because it it is um the series puffin rock has done phenomenally well as an on-demand title so you would hope that'll do well if it gets a tv broadcast so puffin rock and the new friends and i think you can download it and stream it for the kind of you know in the kind of 6.99 world on google and apple Uh and and all that stuff youtube yeah
1: yeah. okay so number eight for me uh, is infinity pool um, it's directed by Brandon Cronenberg, and it stars Alexander Skarsgard, Mia Goth, and Cleopatra Coleman. Um, it's really didn't manage to catch this in the film. Caught it in one of the VODs. Um, really good story. Alexander Skarsgard and Cleopatra Coleman are a couple uh, holidaying in a kind of all-inclusive resort and they come across Mia Goff and her husband and everything just goes bananas again I can't really say too much about it because it spoils it but if Um, you like
0: it's a it's a Brandon Cronenberg
1: yeah Brandon Cronenberg very like father like son smart idea hadn't seen it before not 100% sure if it's based on a novel or something like that but a very unique idea
0: it was
1: out Augusty time yeah yeah, falls. and it's okay. on. I'm pretty sure it's on Now TV at the moment. But yeah, very, very worthwhile.
0: Horror thriller. Oh falls yeah, in that world. kind okay. of
1: body horror, kind of family. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Not one to sit down. It, it, with the I parents. don't have
0: without <clears throat> ruining anything. I've no horror in my thing, and I was like, it actually was good. We saw the Evil Dead film. Yeah. Like. a few ones came out in October as well, and this as well. Yeah. So I think that could be a whole other thing. I need. to I up still on. have the yet genre. to
1: see Skin and Rink. And I can't remember if that came out this year or last year. It's this like uh, genre bending horror film that was made looks like it costs a hundred dollars to make, but like millennials love it.
0: Okay, very good. My number eight is a quick one, because we've already talked about it. May December. Mm. But um the only thing to note, which I just loved reading about it doing my bit of research, um I'm sure this will be raised, but the writer was also a casting director on the original Hunger Games film. So first time writer, Sammy Birch, and you would hope that I guess it's an adapted story but you'd like to see a few awards for her because unlike Todd Haynes's other films um, notably Carol which is my film of the year in 2015 I think uh, she, he didn't write it so I think that was kind of notable so hmm. that's it so that was my number 8 what, where are you at for 7? Uh,
1: number 7 and I, I feel this could be one of your most disappointing films of the year I don't know um, it's The Killer by David Fincher um, so yeah
0: again it's on netflix. you are you are correct it is ah, not yeah, it is not yeah. on my list but yeah mm, yeah i don't know but again th- I've, lots of talk about it please yeah. go ahead yeah.
1: saw it in the cinema again it's on netflix now so got to see it in the cinema saw it twice in the cinema um yeah very enjoyable again kind of benefited from the second watch because with all second watches you know what's unfolding so you can spend a bit more time watching it um I think Fastbender's excellent love the direction in it uh, it's quite brutal at times you're just like oh I wasn't expecting that um, Tilda Swinton an amazing little cameo towards the end but and it's a film I'll definitely watch lots and lots it's a very easy watch yeah. um, visually and kind of stunning and yeah.
0: all I I was kind of annoyed by the music I don't know why like the Smiths are throughout the whole thing I, why is that an annoying
1: someone thing? has kind of know. made the comment though that like it's almost uh, like a fuck you to everyone because like basically Marcy's been cancelled and the Smiths like choosing that entire that's an argument now i haven't read the comic book or the graphic novel that it's based on so i don't know if the smith's music is in that because then if it is it's fine but if it's not then it's very deliberate
0: like ah yeah and fincher just makes choices for sure yeah um so it's on netflix right now the killer very good my one is one that's on amazon prime at the minute i don't think you've got to see it yet are you there god it's me margaret mm. so seek it out can you watch Amazon Prime films without a membership? Like, can you you no, can just buy think, it? Yeah, I, I think think maybe you can. Maybe like get a seven find day it one on Apple and Google, and you can kind of buy it for a couple of shekels. Chuck them yeah to those big big tech. So, um, based on a Judy Bloom novel, which I guess is a big bigger deal in America than here, but like you'd still know the novelist. But set in the 1970s, felt a little bit like a compliment to the Fablemans, which we had last year, where Steven Spielberg, even though that was possibly 80, so six year, I don't know. Mm. Anyway, same kind of time period in my mind. Um, so 12-year-old Margaret Simpson's family moving out of a New York City apartment to a bigger home in New Jersey. So it's that kind of coming of age puberty thing. And just it's some of the best kind of most heartwarming kind of family kind of energy you can kind of get. Rachel McAdams and uh, Benny Safdie are the parents and they're just so charming. Kathy Bates is the grandmother Um yeah so that was my kind of american oh. teen thing also we got to see th- am i like i was getting in trouble when we talk about other things but i'll ignore the, the the winks from the producer but theater camp is the other one that didn't make it in That's oh on disney yeah at the it's minute. on disney now yeah, yeah. absolutely brilliant so oh, same okay. similar kind of retro vibe brilliant. american teen kind of thing so
1: okay coming up to know. the halfway point for myself number six for me is barbie uh Greta garwig and stars Mar- Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling. No. A Barbie movie? There yeah, was a Barbie movie. The highest that. grossing film of the year. Yeah. Um, interesting to see what it gets in terms of Oscar nods and the shakeup. up uh, But yeah, really loved it. Very funny. What
0: shake-up? What's that mean? Like as in a, with the more broader, diverse? Oh yeah, or maybe shake out.
1: Yeah. Like will she get a director nod? Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of Oscar chicanery where Ryan Gosling... Won't oh, supporting he'll put himself into supporting actor as opposed to main actor, um. But yeah, no, really good fun, uh, very enjoyable, great cinema experience. It was part of the whole Barbie Oppenheimer uh, summer, so yeah, really enjoyed it. That's my number six.
0: Very good. It's not in my ten, so I've no further comment on on Barbie other than yeah, to just acknowledge light, it's women. No, 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 no. I think no, I I missed the opening, seeing it in the opening weekend. And I think if I'd seen it in that kind of vibe, in the way I did get to see Oppenheimer in that opening weekend, maybe I would have loved it more. But um, no, it's it's brilliant. What it, the fact that you've got a populist f- um, film that's so popular that actually makes you think about something is brilliant. Loads of people have been reflecting on the fact that um, it is the highest grossing, and Oppenheimer is the second and third, and Super Mario Brothers. Like, yeah, that's remarkable. Like considering where we've come from over the last couple of years, so. So I think uh, my number six is a documentary because I'm trying to represent all the different pools of of viewing. So um, this was an Oscar nominated doc from the spring. It's called All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. So it is about the photographer and visual artist Nan Golden and the, um, I don't want to call it whitewashing. There's probably a phrase, artwashing of the Sackler family where they invest. So they've, they're effectively responsible for the opioid crisis in America because of Um, inventing all the drugs and getting all the people addicted but they're throwing all their money at wings and galleries as a way to kind of clean their name and all that so she protests about that and um, just absolutely brilliant as a just as a portrait of of a kind of an artist and you realise as you get older just how freaking hard it is to commit to doing something like that and she just is is so unwavering in in that kind of sport so a brilliant portrait um of that um right. i won't mention the other docs because i get like that i could have included um yeah talk i about think them this, separately because i'm not i, I think
1: right. this year was very live for me in documentaries so I yeah one isn't even jumping to mind
0: so just one other the other doc i was trying to um come up with a bit of what to include is the pigeon tunnel um which oh is, the john lecaria exactly yeah oh, so very good. a very very um interesting kind of he filmed it just before he died you will love it um very weird Brilliant. Uh, kind of snapshots they do some recreations and they take archive from say so the spy who came in from the cold and stuff like that and they match that to his interviews and um yeah it's just a Great. really really good character portrait if you can yeah. seek it out um,
1: okay so that's our halfway point so now we're going to just pivot slightly to be d- into the darkness of yeah. disappointment it's the most disappointing time oh. of the year I don't know if you've seen mine. Uh, so mine is No Hard Feelings, uh, the Jennifer Lawrence film, summer kind of rom-com from during the year. It was her big, I'm back. Which is actually a kid. showing up
0: in, I've seen it in one or two, like maybe Empire lists or like some of the, maybe yeah. not Empire, but like places which are like yeah. rock solid comedy drama type yeah. things.
1: But it was very yeah. disappointing. It wasn't funny and it was just very lazy and tired and yeah, I don't know. Yeah,
0: disappointment. Very disappointing. you get to see it in cinema or yeah. watch it at home? Yeah, yeah in cinema, see it. yeah. yeah. Um, mine is 65, starring Adam Driver, oh. which came out in March, where I was like, well, I like Adam Driver. I like dinosaurs. I like big, dumb action films. March is a kind of a yeah. time of the year where you get... you, you know The you get Oscar hit. buzz is gone. Now and again, yeah. you get a hit or two that come out there, but um, completely forgettable nonsense and very disappointing. So, mm. wah, wah
1: anyway back to the top 10 so my number five
0: is can we just before we do the top five yeah do you want to take a wager on how many will cross over between our five i'm landing on maybe potentially three i think three
1: actually i'm gonna go four i don't think you've seen two of mine but... all right go ahead
0: yeah oh now i have to guess what oh yeah okay Okay. go uh, ahead
1: number five back to the list and uh, number five for me is "Bo is afraid uh it's directed by ari aster um stars basically uh Joaquin Phoenix it's the Joaquin Phoenix show um for
0: 178 minutes is yeah
1: it? solid three three hours uh a uh, brilliant film salt and cinema uh, also on now tv if letterboxd aren't sponsoring us now tv should be um yeah really really good it's kind of a homer's odyssey uh Joaquin Phoenix mother dies so then he has to work his way back from he's suffering from many complex kind of mental health issues locked in and so it's his odyssey. as he tries to go back to his family it's really funny it's absolutely insane at times there's a scene in the end uh, (laughs) where I I can't even begin to describe it I just like well I've never seen that on cinema and yeah I really really loved it it's a head melter. haven't watched it a second time but uh, it just really stuck with me and yeah well worth it.
0: Okay, I haven't seen Bo's Afraid and I sort of was like I don't know what the, so I missed it in cinema but also like was happy to like what was that I was happy yeah. to to miss it I don't know it kind of passed me by it'll be a tough and one to sit down I was like watch. what scenario is that where you like try to get the house to yourself for a whole weekend and watch it at like 10 in the morning.
1: You could segment it because you watch that at tw- there a are few nights. definite chapter points. Do you points. have a
0: drink? Do you need to have a meal with this? Like what's, yeah. the, how to prepare for Bows Afraid? I don't know if you could yeah. let me know the best scenario for that. I will, I'll do that. But if it can be broken down, I think that's probably the way yeah. to do that because that's the reality of of how we watch a lot of these things. Um, Mine is Anatomy of a Fall, which is Justine um uh, Door winner this year, and uh, I remember seeing that tra- this trailer in like maybe they started playing it in May or June, did they? a Couple of maybe a month or so or two after it had won the Door, and I was like, that looks captivating. Like just yeah. as a structure of how it was done, really sort of salaciously thrilling court drama. With yeah, it. and you're like, well, if that holds up to how good that trailer is, um. It'll, it'll do really well and I think it does so it's in the cinemas now mm. still so
1: I'll bounce in here because it's my number four yeah Ooh, see yeah, yeah, alignment yeah, very yeah. so yeah. it
0: it tells the story this kind of unraveling drama of the death of a man who's found dead outside his house just under a window so there's kind of a balcony window and there's an attic window his wife was in the house at the time we know that she claimed she was asleep and then her son who legally blind or certainly has a visual impairment isn't able to um, really explain what was going on there but then mm-hmm. a slightly unreliable witness um, it took
1: me a lot longer to realise the child was legally blind than should have probably as well, I watched the to, film he did
0: walk across a ravine with a dog like where yeah. this guy dog was bringing him in a really empowering film I would say to, for someone with a visual impairment but also yeah. kind of terrifying because you're like oh wow okay and then that gets revealed how he became visually impaired who was mm. to blame and then you re- we learn more and more about that relationship between the the couple. so like felt very kind of like it'd make a hell of a book as well. You yes. know, like some of the, I, is it a novel? I should probably know this. Should and do I my research thing. But the it, it's that thrilling kind of pulpiness yeah. of the story, and then the courtroom yeah is where we get it ninety f- minutes. Yeah,
1: yeah, the courtroom scene is like I would like a French person to watch it to be like, is this how like obviously stuff is dramatized for them, but it's like is this how like French courts operate? Because, because it the looks la- like their are an, yeah, bit of an and the way yeah. the jury are behind with the judge, I was like that was fascinating to me. But also I believe I think it is. Yeah. 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 The husband character, obviously who's dead from the start of the film, is very much in the background and then pivotally comes into the film about halfway through. And there's like maybe a 10 minute scene between the husband and wife. That's amazing. Yeah.
0: And it's revealed. I don't think it's a mass, like, but it's revealed that actually both were kind of artistically minded creative yeah. writers and both were always looking for ideas and inspiration. So both were kind of it seems effectively to be, living their relationships yeah. So recording, recording conversations to fuel stuff. And some of that then comes out. So And
1: that kind of whole thing of dereliction of duty, like who does what what are you, who's sacrificing what i was just like it was amazing brilliant brilliant
0: film yeah yeah so that was your number four number four
1: so what's your number four
0: there we go so my we've just merged five and four See, so yeah, i knew this had happened so mine is probably on presumably on your list um a little known film called, by christopher nolan called oppenheimer
1: it's my number three so there we go are we
0: just how's <laughs> it's going? see what I, I knew this had happened yeah. and that's while we before we talk about oppenheimer i think what's sort of comforting is that a lot of the lists that people have been making like, there's a bit of consensus amongst, like, a lot of um, films. Solid film. Yeah, cohorts. like, so you're yeah. like, this was a hell of a year, like, where people Brilliant. are like, there's a very strong cohort of films. It's really nice. Um, and it's kind of, yeah, because I was compiling the list and I was just like, in some ways,
1: when I was going through this, I was like, oh, there's no, like, mad surprise. Like, Bo is Afraid is possibly my most, like, ugh. Oh, yeah, or others... Infinity Pool, but that's in tons of people's list. It was interesting, yeah. Kim Newman's, you know, the horror guy from Empire, it was his number one film of the year. Um it, yeah. but yeah, up and yeah, there.
0: and so it came out I i kind of at this point I a quick nod to Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One, which nearly made my top ten, but spoiler, isn't in there. Came out what? Was it a week before this? Yeah, it's like so whole fight over IMAX screens yeah, and everything. Because like yeah. it's a phenomenal piece of cinema. We've waited yeah. so long for this and they just whatever way that worked out, that it just kinda of balked in the face of the um, Robert Oppenheimer and Barbie kind of thing. So anyway, I think everyone knows about this film, knows what it is. If you haven't seen it, um, look out for it in the cinema if you can. It's going to be playing, I'm sure, in some of these kind of IMAX retrospective things. Probably needs to be seen on the big screen. I saw it uh, twice, so saw it once, in the IFI in Dublin. My new proclamation is that, like, 70 mil is kind of a bit of a faff, maybe? Arguably, I took way more from it when I saw the full-scale full real IMAX thing when I was in England yeah you saw it on a roundabout well that digital yeah like I think it wasn't yeah in the BFI South Bank so yeah it, um don't know it just it struck me that actually it was far more impactful seeing it in that wider immersive thing because it is a, it's yeah. an experience like people have talked about how it's a fever dream it's a poem mm-hmm. you need to see it multiple times to get it um
1: yeah I saw it we saw it in the IFI as well and in IMAX and it was better in IMAX um I annoyingly, this is a weird, like, I go to too many films, there's an annoying thing they've done in the IFI where there's a light that comes out too far on the sidewall. So depending on where you're sitting in the screen, it's constantly in your line of sight. I have no idea why it's done, and it's ridiculous. The IFI needs to fix it. I think you need to write it. Not that anybody from IFI listens to this, but a strongly sort of The letter
0: it needed to the yeah. Dublin's Irish Film Institute, so... Yeah,
1: brought my dad to it, then the second time in the IMAX. Uh, it's great, it really holds up. It's so tense and dramatic. Don't feel it's too long, kind of whizzes by. Um, has been some comment on the female character portrayal in it, but well, I think they're very pivotal roles, like Emily Blunt is really important role in it I think and um, yeah I really enjoyed
0: it yeah, I don't I know think when fe- it's going to show up anywhere Um, I think you, you can watch it like digitally yeah. it's on it's on the like pay oh. eighteen. it's in the 18 oh, euro yeah. pay 19 quid to watch it on Apple and Google hmm. and YouTube and all that so um, wouldn't be where you do it yeah I think that's the only little blot against it in a year where female characters are so front and centre to the whole thing maybe Oppenheimer but that, you know, yeah. it's a World War II story there is where some it's not really
1: about daft sex scenes in it. Uh, like, yeah. yeah right? That's more so, like, yeah. I think that's the only bit with, yeah. I yeah. Know. So that was your number four and my number three. So what's your number three? Well, number
0: three is the bit that you referenced. Uh, Tar is mine. So this uh, is yeah, a January yeah. film, but I didn't want yeah. to. Not give it any. The reason I included it is basically its reputation in my brain grew through the year, so I'm putting it in there. It's my own rules, so yeah. Um, no, it definitely qualifies. Like yeah. Yeah. So I remember thinking it was brilliant, looking forward to it, thinking it was brilliant. Cate Blanchett plays the fictional composer conductor Lydia Tarr, and it's sort of the effectively the story of her you know, like being cancelled, her demise, her like psychological. Breakdown and what comes with that from someone like that, like, because it's a very knowing film. Like she's speaking at like a New Yorker live podcast thing, and it's like so nichey thing. uh And yeah. then the kick with the very end, where it's almost like is the entire film a joke. <laughs> yeah, and he's done. And this is the thing now. In the in the following months after, then Todd Field has more or less said, no, "I'm probably done." So he, yeah, one film. Mm-hmm. He hadn't done anything since 2006, and then he does this, and it's just phenomenal, and that's it. So, yeah. Um, so, what do you want now? Uh, so, I'm your number my
1: three. T- no, my number three was Oppenheimer. All right. So we both okay. have two films left, and I'd say they're identical or they're swapped. Okay. Um, so I
0: presume they are Killers of the Flower Moon and Past Lives. Correct. But so, my,
1: so my number two is Past Lives. Oh,
0: good. Ah, very good. We get an alternate thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. So,
1: Past Lives. Um, it's. Uh, directed by uh, Celine Song it's her first film um, first directorial debut feature length anyway and stars Greta Lee who plays Nora close to your heart absolutely yeah and uh, Tio Yo, who plays Hong Sung and uh, John uh, McGarrow who plays Arthur and they're like this uh, triptych of uh, another nod to Nigel there uh, of characters uh, the film starts out lovely, where it's just like uh, a wide shot of these three characters at a bar, and it's a couple being like, "Oh, who knows? Uh, you know what's the who knows who here and what's going on?"
0: Yeah, because it's a funny trio, so it's the yeah. fun thing we all do when you're out for a drink or a pint. You're like, "What? A, that's not an unusual combo." Or you're like, "Yeah, is that someone's dad? Is that not are they brother and sister? Yeah. Are they're trouble? They
1: so it kind of it's a, it's a love story of definitely love story, and it's that uh, Nora and Hae Sung are were friends when they were both in South Korea. And then Nora moves to America. Her family takes her and moves. And they kind of spark up a relationship when they're back at college, but never really meet up again. And everyone's lives has moved on. But there's still this like thread of like, oh maybe or is there something here? And then they meet up in America. And um yeah, it's really good. And there's a really smart conversation between the boyfriend of nora the american played by john mcgarrow when they're in bed and he's like they're having a conversation because it's like all oh, right and he starts to be like oh if this was like a film or a book i'd be the horrible american character who's standing in the way it's very self-aware and but also br- they
0: d- yeah but also they're yeah definitely they may not really want to even be together you yeah. know in that kind of weird way yeah where like it's sort of it's about connection and longing and maybe the idea of being together rather than the The reality reality. like they live so far away culturally they've grown up completely different yeah um so that's it that it's more it's like i wrote down that it was the most romantic thing without any actual romance yeah 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 because actually it's about that longing and connection that people sort of have
1: and in a weird like going back to because you mentioned tar there and like maestro is almost like the antithesis of tar but the relationship in that is so good and it's so much more physical kind of an in your face but it's hammered home again but like we saw like a random terrible christmas film there's a new one on sky and when you see that after like they have no chemistry and it's terrible so this the chemistry in this film um past lives is amazing it's phenomenal
0: just then a nod to yeah the american the evil thing john mcgarrow he's also in showing up which means he's kind of had a very, very good year. Mm. Um, so do you I, want to
1: add anything to past lives?
0: It's obviously, your, it's your number one. It is indeed my number one. But yeah, it's just that thing of, just lo- like that connection of the idea of being some with someone and that wondering of like, I wonder how that could have worked out. And that like, we call it a sliding doors mm-hmm. thing, but like they were never destined, you know, like childhood friends potentially just fizzle mm-hmm. out anyway, but mm-hmm. because they had that remarkable thing. It was good. And I just loved how they filmed the middle chapter or the middle act of the film on skype where yes this is really badly done and that's what i was like that's what skype in the late 2000s was like yeah, yeah. really terrible quality um and all that so i thought i quite enjoyed that
1: yeah. yeah so my number one and your number two is but i would say that my number two past lives and this number one um both were the only five star films of the year for me Um, everything else was like four four or and a half or whatever awesome. so I, got, uh, I think four and a half
0: Hmm. I give it a five the second time I saw it. Yeah, They were the only three. So yeah, interesting. Ah, we're, yeah. we're too similar. We need to stop doing this.
1: So number one and number two for Nigel is Killers of the Fire Moon. Um, striking by Martin Scorsese. But it's so long. It's about like, seven hours long. It's four um, hours long. I don't if that time. Saw it twice. and it, Imax nearly like eight hours of your life. Yeah. That's a work day. <laughs> yeah. Did not feel it. It zips by uh, yeah. the second time you watch it. It's great because... There is so much information the first time around and then with the second time you can be like oh that character was actually in the like 10th minute of the film in the background because when i saw it the first time to illustrate this point there is a scene that martin scorsese hangs on of a guy dancing at a wedding and i was just like watching it i was like this guy's obviously important he's really focusing on him then when i saw it the second time oh that was that guy who's also this guy who's
0: then this guy and it was like, it all kind of slotted into place. Um, how much? It's obviously been about um, two months or something. What's the passage of time, just as I dot in there? Like, mm-hmm. how, how long does it cover? Like, oh, 15?
1: I think 15, 20, 15, years. 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Based on the children, kind of. Because they do kind of like zip along to be like, we have a baby. And then it's like, oh, that kid's walking around and stuff. Um, Yeah. Lily Gladstone. Um is fantastic and she plays molly burkhart and it's basically about the osage people who um uh, first nations people in america who were constantly driven off their land they were given land then by the american government turns out there was oil on the land they managed to rig it in such a way as it's like oh yeah well you can still have the land and the oil and you can sell it to us but like we have to have guardians because like couldn't be couldn't be money. trust and use with all this yeah. money and whatever. So then the americans and played by um you know leonardo DiCaprio, robert de niro is this kind of uh king character and they slowly start killing all the first nations native american people um to take back the land and have control of the oil but it's in a very
0: very very discreet slow yes like, are they all working together are they yeah. all it's their individual pockets of people trying to do the same thing yeah and yeah, then but obviously like when you're with someone who then happens to die mysteriously and then you end up maybe marrying their sister yes and then you're like oh also then the mother and you're like
1: hmm. and it's a really again kind of complex relationship between leonardo dicaprio and uh lily gladstone in the film where they clearly love each other and they know begin to realize you're not good for me you're definitely in cahoots killing members of my family but there's a real love there and he's a bit of a dumbo yeah Surely very, very much up until the end and then there is a turning point the imagery in it's fantastic the music's amazing the direction's outstanding there's a bit and it's kind of like when you get you want that emotional thing like this is a spoiler it's a very brief spoiler but like martin scorsese appears in the film towards the end and it's phenomenal and even like the way he's been addressing this film, like this could be his last film. He's eighty-one. Hopefully, it won't be. But like, it's astonishing to think he's made this film at eighty-one, and how emotional and impactful it is. I think it's fantastic.
0: Here, here, yeah, happy to, happy to concur with everything. Um, you have nothing else to add to it.
1: Yeah so i suppose our joint think currency, it'll na- like it'll i don't yeah. think actually i think really all it will get not all but i think Lily gladstone will get best actress yeah
0: and then christopher nolan director and then but best picture where's that gonna go
1: uh, we'll
0: barbie we'll see who knows i yeah. need to i haven't even looked at any odds i know we're a couple of months away from that yeah. but i think that's what they're saying with killers of the flower moon that potentially that idea of it being segmented up in the way like the irishman Yes, was on Netflix where it became kind of you could break mm-hmm. it down into chapters could be helpful to, for more people to see it but anyway also very around. good a very good year uh, yep. yeah do you vil- will I zip through a list without mentioning yep. any of them so reality this just got Sydney Sweeney in it as a government employee who oh yeah I missed that yeah leaks info um, on Russian interference into elections uh, it's just very very good Needless to say, that's why it's in the top 20. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Also one for me. How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Oh, yeah. John Wick, Chapter 4. Passages. uh, Bottoms. One film that no one really paid any attention to, but I just loved it, was Totally Killer, which is like this kind of throwaway um, film on Amazon Prime with... um, Oh, yeah the daughter from Mad Men, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. You know who I'm talking yeah. about. My, my, anyway, Good premise.
1: I remember reading about that yeah. and I was like, that's pretty smart.
0: Yeah, you're going to have to get Amazon Prime, I think, give Netflix oh, it's a break. Too many. Too many things. Anyway, Master Gardener, Paul Schrader's, uh, Ma- like, brilliant, brilliant film. Um, Mm-hmm. on that and then mission impossible dead reckoning is in my top 20 as well just as a cinema experience so a couple there to check yeah. out so my also
1: runs are uh same as yourself spider-man across the spider-verse god's creatures was filmed by paul mescal that starred paul mescal and emily watson Um, really good really dark film, film oh yeah yeah set yeah. up the i want to say Donny gall um but yeah it was really good really bleak um, very solid film uh, wanted to shout out the Meg 2 more so because it's directed by Ben Wheatley. Did
0: you get to see it? Yet? No, I did not. I mean, <laughs> Jason Statham fix has not.
1: And then also fair. a shout out for many reasons to Wes Anderson, uh, not only for Asteroid City but also all the shorts on Netflix of the old Dell films, um, the Swan and Ratcatcher are Asteroid amazing. City would be short in your films. Ten, but it just ten. kind of hilariously i forgot i because i had an updated letterboxd i forgot about past lives and anatomy of a fall and then i was like wait a minute if so then that bumped it. some stuff out
0: um very good but all in all a very like solid year for film yeah considering all the things going on a very very strong film year uh do we want to take a quick closer with a clip from yeah so killers here of the moon? We,
1: we'll do a mashup, as i think of uh killers of the flower moon and past lives are your films of the year watch to see out over the, the holiday season. Merry Christmas.
0: Happy Christmas. Bye everyone. Is he attractive? I think so. He's really masculine in this way that I think is so Korean.
1: Are you attracted to him? I don't
0: think so. I don't know. I mean I don't think so. You told him to do it in the front of the head, then why did he do it in the back no, of the head? I, I, it's I, I, too it. simple. The front is the front, the back is the back. Man, he has to make it look like he done it himself. It just looks like murder. It's not supposed to be that way, you hear? I told him the front of the head. I said, the front of the head, just like this. Just like you told me, I, I promise you. I promise you that I swear on my children. No, 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 I don't swear s- on my children, King. No, 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 no. See, I don't Sit I, don't, See, I, don't, See, I don't, yeah, don't swear on your children, Makes you look foolish. Well, I ain't. I ain't foolish, because I'm never. Gonna- I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one. Do you want anything in the shop. it out. ice! It doesn't say anything about a chalk ice, does it? No. No, it doesn't. Sure, it doesn't.